Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, Sonic. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined, as always, by Kevin Zimmer. <clears throat> Man, what's up, dude? Throat clearing, I like it. We're ready to go here. Trade deadline edition. What a trade deadline it was. The one to remember. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Last one had Kevin Durant who traded to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> this one had tweets informing us that Andre Drummond is staying put in Chicago. What else? What was a good one? Uh, oh, the, the Quentin Grimes for Alec Burks trade. That was probably the biggest trade. And it was only that portion of it came out and then it turned out neither of those players are the most important player in it. I love those moments. Those are the good moments. I just have basketball fans tweeting at me how cooked every wave out waiver guy is or every guy who's waved they tell me they're cooked. Yeah. You you mean the guy that gets waved is cooked? <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Thank you for that. Kellen is not in the mood to hear your Dude, your explanation, just... your mansplaining, I don't know what you call this Like what one. the bio market is and why it yeah, exists that, and why? why guys get waved to be on the bio market? <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is no P.J. Brown out there this year. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the Suns traded for Royce O'Neal. They made a trade. Uh, they made a being called a three-way trade, but I don't know if... We've it, still not got clarification. It's what time is it? It's three second round picks going to, I believe all of them are going to the Brooklyn Nets. And then I believe that the Suns used their Dario Saric trade exception plus a pick swap that we have no details about to go to Memphis to get back David Roddy. And then Bryce O'Neill coming back to the Suns as well. Royce O'Neal was one of the more common names linked to the Suns over the last couple of weeks that was theorized to the Phoenix Suns, and he comes here, and he makes a whole lot of sense. I've already also got annoying Twitter things happening. I've got, like, the Damian Lee. Remember when I called Damian Lee athletic when they signed him, and then there was a million Warriors fans on my tweet being like, athletic, athletic, you never watched Damian Lee play basketball? I've got people, like, quote-tweeting the Royce O'Neal thing, calling him a good passer and being like, oh, let's see this tweet in three weeks, all this kind of stuff. It's like, he's a good passer. Excuse me. Sorry. Okay, I'm I'm ranting too much to start the the episode. Royce O'Neal is solid. Um, Is there a... There's a non-zero percentile chance that he winds up not giving them good minutes in the playoffs. Like, there is that chance of it. You and I talked about him last week, two weeks ago. He's only 30. But guys at these stages of their career, you just wonder how much they have left. And I think he's way behind that, to be clear. Like, I don't think that's in his future at all. But he's a 3 and D guy. And his defense isn't what it once was, so that's worth bringing up. I'm starting with all this at the start just because I think that he's a great addition and I think that he's exactly what they need for multiple reasons. I think that I really wanted to focus on his ball movement specifically because he is going to be playing a lot when Devin Booker isn't on the floor. That's kind of when he's going to check into the game at certain points. Like He's going to come in with five, four, three minutes left in the first. He's going to play seven to nine minutes, and he's going to do the same thing for the other break. And in there, he's going to be out there with Kevin Durant, who he has some chemistry with from Brooklyn already. 
He's a guy who, over his career, has been like a three to one assist to turnover ratio guy pretty much his entire career. And whenever you can do that off the ball, when you're not really on it as much, yes, he brings it up in some circumstances. But when you're primarily a floor spacer, that's your role, and you have a really good assist turnover ratio, it means you're a smart player. And I've watched him enough to know that, and I've watched him enough to know that he's a good passer. How much does he have left on defense? I don't know. And that's where. Maybe some nights we will see Josh Okogie still because you want that shutdown defender of sorts, but O'Neal is still a good defender at this stage of his career. I feel safe in saying that, yeah. along with his like team defense and everything. And he, I went through almost every single year of NBA tracking data on him. He shot 38% or better from three on catch and shoots, and that's, that's all he's going to be taking here. He's taking one and a half pull-up threes a game. This year he's not going to be doing that in Phoenix at all. And let me know if you agree with me. Different skill sets, uh, the skill set is different, I'll put it this way, but I think the way that they are going to be using him is the way they thought they were going to use Jordan Goodwin. I think I disagree just because he's a a little bigger of a player, like I think defensively he's going to guard different guys, but he definitely can initiate. You're going to use him differently and he's a different type of player, but the role that you're talking about with where he slots in from strictly a how many minutes is he going to play, when is he going to be out there, what are we looking for when he's out there, that's pretty much what they thought. By the way, Jordan Goodwin, Chemezi Metu, Katie Bates Diop, and who's the fourth player? Yuta Watanabe are the four players going out. The Suns now have two open rosters slots we'll get to buyout candidates in a sec yeah i mean i agree with you and as far as i think he does more than jordan goodwin because you don't need him on the ball right like if you're not like he's gonna be he can play technically if another team's going small a four technically like he couldn't do that but um so he just gives you a lot more versatility and i think when we go back to tuesday when we recorded the preview of this you accused me of being picky when i was like listing off names but like this is not this is kind of like ticking a lot of boxes where it's okay. Offensive value, defensive value. Even if it's like, eh, like he's a 36 to 38% shooter every single season of his career. Um, Could be here beyond next year. Be He's been in a rotation every single year. Playoff experience. Yeah. They have bird rights, so you can retain him if he plays well enough. And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to make even close to $10 million, that's, again, that's Matt Ishbia's deal with tax money. But they will have that option, and options are good. Um, so you add a rotation player, and you send out four guys who, look, are the Suns going to miss the versatility? And, and like we did we lie to ourselves about how good those guys were? I don't think we lied. I think we thought one of them or two of them would like pop more than they did. And that includes Nasir Little, who, by the way, they kept in all this, which is a key. Um, so I, I think that's the big thing is you get a surefire rotation guy. You give up a lot, yeah. Um, but beyond that, it's between that, the Roddy addition who kind of adds back one of those maybe in the rotation, maybe not type of skills and talents. Um, you're in a pretty good spot. You keep Nasir, and Roddy has two years left too. So all of this is to say that I think that's what I wrote about before is building continuity into next year. A lot of these role players can be around, and you just have to hope that obviously they fit well and all that stuff. But um, it's an interesting day for very strong 
continuity. We're trying to get guys who are going to be here a while around the big three. So they did that. We'll see. Um, buyout market will be interesting because of those roster spots. So honestly, a lot more intriguing than I think we all kind of expected. There is a there is a decent chance that we are going to the way we've been talking about the six guys, the six guys that we're talking about the seven guys now. And if that hits, mm-hmm. this is a home run. Yeah, it's just a home, even if he's here for half the season, it's a home run. Um, and there's a decent chance that happens, and I think that there's a pretty solid chance, an overwhelming chance, in fact, that he's in the rotation, he's in the playoff rotation. And I think that we we were hesitant going in if they were going to be able to find that type of guy where if they brought him in, we were 100% sure that he was going to be in the playoff rotation. Like, outside of injury, he's going to be in there. And guess what, Kev? If Grayson Allen or Bradley Beal gets hurt, you oh. just start him now. Now yeah. you have your fifth starter. Eric Gordon can keep coming off the bench where it's better for him to be anyway with his role and what he's asked to do. Yeah. It's just it's addition and like we talked about like even for the guys you keep like Akogi um and Eubanks and those guys like it kind of especially Akogi it ticks you down in the like we need Josh Kogi to play 30 minutes well maybe not now he only needs maybe 20 maybe matchup dependent if he's not shooting and teams are just sagging off of him like he he can steal a couple minutes here or there, but it just really helps when you kind of consider what it does for the backer end of the the back end of the bench and backer end. I don't know what that means. Hey, buddy, it's a long day. Yeah. We, we've all we all know this. Uh, Nas Little staying put. Uh, we initially, when the trade pop up, you think, okay, that's Nas Little for sure. That's like some of the rumors were that Nas Little was in this deal. No, they keep him, and I think that's going to be important for them to have flexibility that we've mentioned with him and having trade flexibility in the future with these mid size level contracts. That's where we get to David Roddy, where the thing that I said to you in the newsroom is that this is kind of like the Isaiah Todd thing all over again, where you get a long-term contract for a guy that's going to be a developmental piece, and it at least gives you something else to trade again mm-hmm. if you need to. Uh, I believe the number next year is $2.8 million for the third year of his four-year deal for, for being a first-round pick. That exercised uh, club option has already been exercised. Um, because you do it the year before. So the big decision for the Suns will be next offseason, uh, this coming summer, $4.8 million, which is a little bit more, to say the least, um, there. So like if you think by next, if this summer, if you think he's got no chance to be in the rotation, then you decline it. Yeah. If you think there's a decent chance, you accept it, um, because that... Two million dollar that two million dollar bump is going to be a lot more in tax yeah. money <laughs> coming up for, uh, for sure. Ten mil- yeah. Memphis, I've talked about on this podcast loosely um, before and kind of unleashed this taken a couple of different ways, but they have drafted a, what feels like a million guys in the last four years, and pretty much none of them have panned out. Like they've got Zaire Williams, Santi Aldama, Jake LaRavia. He's one of them. Xavier Tillman just got dealt. He was like an early second round pick they had. I think they had like Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee, who they oh, waived yeah. like a, a, a year ago. They had a bunch of draft picks that just didn't really come together for them. And Roddy, through all of that, hasn't really been able to separate himself that much there, which is indicative of kind of where his career is at. We probably briefly mentioned him on the podcast. I certainly did we wa- research I on watched, him. I watched tape on him. I we watched Colorado State Rams. We we watched some. Uh, is that what they are? The Rams? Yeah. Did I did I hit yeah, on that? Correct. Oh, look at me. Yeah. Look, I'm still doing it on the deadline. <laughs> big beefy guy that David Roddy, big body Roddy, is what his nickname <laughs> is listed as on. That's basketball what we love to reference hear, yeah. on there. 
he is shooting 30% from three for his career. It's over 350 attempts. That is not good. Um, he has slightly more assists than turnovers, like 20 more in his career. That is not good either. Those are two bad signs offensively. Uh, the guys over at the dunker spot mentioned driving the ball with him. Um, that would be a good skill set for them to have on the wing if they had someone who could drive and be physical and finish around the rim. His efficiencies everywhere on the floor have not been good, but especially at the rim, I think he was below 60% this year. Um, and this year, he's nearly at his minute total from last year already because they've had a ton of injuries and they've already traded some guys as well. So he's been getting more opportunities this year. But ultimately, again, I think it's like a developmental thing. They get a good look at him for the next six months, uh, including the early stages of the offseason, and then they kind of figure out what they want to do with him next year for a swap that we don't know what it is, but I'm going to assume that it's like the other swap before from the Isaiah Todd thing where it's extremely low risk and the odds of it coming back to screw them are pretty low. And like we said with these swaps at the time, if they're damaging you already, then like it's it's a little bit more of a ding. That's really all it is. Yeah, I mean, when we looked at his tape, Roddy was like he was – known as a scorer for Colorado State and he does a lot in the low post which is like he's 6'4 255 listed probably won't translate and it has not but like hey if the Suns really are going to put him and they're they're super spaced out as a driver or catch in the mid post and just try to attack the basket maybe um there have been signs as three-point shot like he actually does take threes still um at a relatively high clip for not being good at it so I don't know. There might be some juice there left. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he can move like and he's I, I'd have to look at more tape to know about the, physical defender potential. But the first round pick idea was you you are a good athlete with a unique body mm-hmm. in that he is like a brick bleep house, essentially, uh, essentially rebounds well can move in his athletic and then on offense can hit open threes and then can be a 0.5 guy when it's not open threes meaning like he can take a dribble or two and either score at the rim or he can make the right pass Driving that's where kick, i was yeah. disappointed with the turnover numbers i haven't watched the tape as much to see what's going wrong there but that was like the idea of him coming out of the draft and it just hasn't come together for him just yet in the league but i said this on wolf and luke earlier sometimes it takes year three and four for guys sometimes it takes team three or four for guys i'm not going to sit here and write him off and say that he won't be an NBA player anymore. Memphis was playing him. Honestly, (laughs) if you would rather have an asset right now and you compare him to the four guys they traded, you would rather have him. By the way, Royce O'Neal's nickname, as far as basketball reference is concerned, is Big Meal. So we have Big Body Roddy and Big Meal. I'll have to ask him that. Yeah, Probably not when the microphones are on, but I will have to (laughs) ask him that and see what the deal is he also has like four different tweets from like 2011 about hooters which continues our four. long-standing oh, tradition of devin booker's old tweets about hooters and applebee's and then suns fans on twitter immediately checking if the newest member of the suns has tweets about hooters as well so that the basketball chemistry is on point because you know that makes sense do we have david roddy we had the same Jack taste in chicken wings a decade ago that means we'll Oh, we have we checked David Roddy for Hooters tweets? I don't know. David Roddy was probably like twelve years old ten years ago, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't have any idea. Uh, That's it on Roddy. I mean, that's really it on O'Neal. There isn't a ton to say on those two guys specifically. Do you want to go around the league or buyout guys? Buyout guys. (sighs) Yeah, let's go buyout guys and then quick around the league. Give me your list. You have a list. Oh no, Killian Hayes. Do you want to give me a yay or nay on this? Sure. Uh, Nay. I ranked him ahead of Anthony Edwards on a Suns board one time. That was stupid. 
Okay. Daniel House. Sure. Yes. Big fan here. If you're a longtime listener, you know that Kevin... We have podcast episodes talking about Daniel House Jr. That's how long this podcast has been around, and you were always the one being like, there's something there. It has. He's Good defender can shoot. He's flipped around a million teams. It seems like he should be the ideal 3 and D guy, and it hasn't... Just he, pay him $5 million a year, keep him around, but it keeps he, not happening. He just hasn't uh, stuck just yet. Um, apparently, P.J. Tucker's staying, so he's not there. Nope. Harry Giles? More athletic big, a little... I don't know. There, there's reasons he's not stuck anywhere, and it's probably untrustworthiness, and like that would be too much. You want someone, if you're getting a backup big, you want someone reliable, I think. Yes, correct. Yeah, I would say no, but I'm thinking about it, and I still believe in Harry Giles. Um, and then Victor Oladipo got bought out. believe he's injured right now. Uh, and there's injury concerns there. Yeah, lots. Um, other guys like Marcus Morris, who I actually didn't think about being... He's too much money. He makes $17 million yeah. a year. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Nope, not going to happen. The Suns can only pay or get a buyout guy who made 12.4. We're waiting for the Kyle Lowry Woj bomb to drop here. Kyle Lowry made way out. too much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean... There's not a lot out there right now. There Robin could... Lopez, one guy you did not mention who we know okay. is getting bought out. He's on a lower scale deal. He could be someone as well. That would be a fun. Yeah. Someone who played on the Nash Amari team. He's going to have to make do. Actually, that, the glass door he shattered in the practice facility no longer exists, I'm sure, because that's now like a club, right? Yes. The old practice floor is a club, so old, he doesn't have to apologize old, to the door. Old Bob putting a if club in the If you remember building. when he smashed a door... Congrats, you've been a Suns fan for a while. Or at least a little while. That's a deep one. Yeah. I Hopefully I'm not making that up, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Anyway, is that all in the buyout, guys? Yeah, I mean, we have like two minutes. We Usually usually we spend like 20 minutes on this episode, the post-trade <laughs> other one, talking about all the other deals and like being NBA nerds, but it was boring, man. It was boring. I will say... The Knicks, the Knicks did a cool thing. Yeah, but, the Knicks, Boyan, I think at least... Like, there are no stars for them to trade for. And, you know, Knicks fans, they always want a star to pair and take their team to the elite level. This at least makes them, like, in the conversation of, like, maybe they come out of the East. I don't know. I think it was good. Boyan Bogdanovich to join that crew. I mean, like, so originally Knicks fans were freaking out, including our own Brian Gibbon, our own own (laughs) former co host, because originally it was just a Quentin Grimes for Alec Burks uh, tweet. And then everyone was like, that's really bad because Quinn Grimes is a good young player. But now it includes Boyan Bogdanovich, who really gives them the extra bit of scoring juice and extra bit of um, shooting mm-hmm. uh, that they really need. And as someone like who, who could absolutely like close games for them, for sure. Um, they got him in there. The Mavericks were the team to like move the needle in theory, in potential for their team. Because Daniel Gafford is just a better version of what Derek Lively is right now. Now, could Derek Lively be better than Daniel Gafford right now or like in two to three years? Probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But Gafford, great rim protector, really good shot blocker, athletic finisher around the rim. The other stuff, I don't really know as much. Like, how does he hold up in a playoff series? We haven't seen that yet because he hasn't been in the playoffs yet before. 
But you put that type of diver with Luka and good things are going to happen. They also got P.J. Washington in there. Um, the Grant Williams thing did not go that well there. <laughs> the Seth Curry thing did not go that well there. So they bring in plus a first-round pick, and then they get P.J. Washington, who, again, theoretically makes a lot of sense to be someone who would get out of that situation in Charlotte to one that's a little bit more clarity in Dallas. But as Steve Jones was kind of tweeting about, like, knock down your threes, kid, because you're not going to have the ball that much. And when you get the ball, it's going to be because of a kickout is coming to you and you have to get there. So he's a it's he's a scorer, yeah. he's a driver, but it's like how much is he going to be able to do that? I don't know, which is why I compared it to the Christian Wood move where it's like you're not really going to have the ball in your hands that much. And when you do, it's going to feel weird because you don't have the ball in your hands that much. It's weird because they're going more traditional, like – they probably should have like a true rim roller with Lively and Gafford in all the time. But like, I thought they're at their best when they're just spacing the crap out of everyone the last few years and, and just like letting Luca and in theory, the Luca and Kyrie. The Suns, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. It's going to be more traditional stuff with Luca and Kyrie and pick and rolls. And then it's like, okay, we don't have as much floor spacing around them, but we'll so see. The two best moves in the West, because the, the best one was in the East with that uh, Pistons trade we talked about. Minnesota picked up Monte Morris. I'm a, I've been a longtime yeah. subscriber of him on this podcast. Elite assist to turnover ratio guy, a guy who knows how to orchestrate and run an offense. And it was Dan Devine who tweeted out, that when Conley's off the floor, they're a bottom 10 offense in the league Ooh, right now, yeah. which makes a ton of sense because they're a team primarily built around He's their He's basically bigs. like Mike Conley Jr. Like you, need, like you need another point guard out there when the other one sits to like get the most out of Rudy Gobert or Nas Reed or whatever. Like I'm buying even more Nas Reed stock now that he's going to be out there with a point guard at all times. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome to me. They gave up Troy Brown Jr., which was like a we'll see kind of thing a shake milton which was a we'll see thing and then a second round pick i thought that was a really good price for them and then okc the gordon if healthy hayward i think that he is like nickname is if healthy at this point um vasily Mitchich, who in and out of the rotation for them trey man in and out of the rotation bertons i didn't even forgot you forget he's yeah. there until the trade deadline comes around and then draft compensation is what it was listed as so we don't know the draft pick total there but that's the perfect move for them because I think OKC is very protective, rightfully so, of what they've got going on. They're not going to do like, a, oh, we're ahead of schedule. Let's trade Lou Dort and this guy for Bruce no, Brown. And yeah. It's like, no, they're not going to do that. They want to st- every the only people that are going to be at expense for that is like Isaiah Joe, probably. Like, I'd have to pull up their rotation right now and see like their wing rotation to see whose minutes Gordon Hayward were taking. But he's probably Aaron not going to. Yeah, he's probably not going to close games unless that Josh Giddey's having one of those nights where it looks like he's scared of the ball or whatever yeah. it is, right? Because Jalen Williams, stud. Shea, stud. Chet, stud. And then it's just about those other two guys that are uh, that are out there. And that was like a very much a – and I ran the numbers. Shea has like 13 playoff games under his belt in his entire career. Dort has like seven – and literally no one else in that rotation, I believe I, I might have missed someone, but who's like hurt or something. Maybe Isaiah Joe does. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you mention him, but he's he must be out or something right now. But Hayward is just going to stabilize your bench, playoff experience, like just 
a vet who actually is still very good. Like the other guys on the team outside of like the five. So you've got Dort, Giddy, Holmgren, Jalen Williams, uh, and Shea Gildas Alexander, Casey Wallace, who's having a good year for them. Mm-hmm. We were fans of him going into the draft. Isaiah Joe, who's great, and yeah. he's shooting. You just 40, don't know how these guys are going to. Three. Yeah. Kenrich Williams, who's fine. Aaron Wiggins is fine. Um, and then Ushman Jang was like the next, like not Mitchich, not Jalen Williams, the other Jalen Williams, the backup five were like the other wings kind of getting in the mix there. So like, there's like nice where you see Lindy Waters out there. Yeah. He's like, that's going to be Gordon Hayward now, which like Gordon Hayward is, like you said, like his, the move to Charlotte was weird. Cause it feels like, ah, like you're like a, there's an Aaron Gordon outcome to your career that should have happened by now. And it didn't happen yet. And maybe this is it now where this is what you're supposed to be like yes you move the ball and you like to drive the ball like this is a perfect team for you to be on where we do that um not someone on the high end scale defensively for them but i mean that's the thing is that they have Lou Dort they have Jalen Williams already there um but yeah i don't know their rotation patterns necessarily but i'm sure there's some really exciting like non-Shea minutes where it got a little bit too reliant on Giddy and J-Dub and then you can just sort of give him the ball in those situations yeah. more so where maybe Mitchich was the guy they had in mind for that role I don't know but like the point forward kind of thing I like it a lot for them and them getting experience as well it's not necessarily like the the playoff ridden guy that comes to mind for that type of experience that they might have needed. it doesn't change my outlook on them in terms of them being a contender or not but it's just solid it makes them better and it's good it helps you avoid the oh no we get a second seed and are gonna lose in the first round or so like i i think that's where it helps them deep into the postseason i wouldn't think it changes a whole lot but i think just like if there's a shock factor for a few of those guys at least gives you a guy who's going to be trustworthy and that kind of thing um but yeah otherwise nothing else really happened and if you didn't pay attention and were the podcast breaking this news to you i'm that's i'm not kidding that was it pretty much Corey joseph uh for a second round pick he went to indiana Jaden springer got dealt from the sixers to the celtics delano banton went to the blazers sixers from the sixers did some interesting stuff and like i don't know it all looks good if Embiid comes back and they do have they got buddy healed they got campaign for pat bev so they kind of get a little more offensive punch maybe to tread water at least for now and then when mb comes back you have some better shooting offensive games so. pacers got dougie buckets back yeah uh, mcbuckets uh the pistons we mentioned that already they released uh pain um there wasn't any move from the los angeles lakers and the golden state warriors i think everyone kind of knew what that was which was if you, you go big like if they trade d or if they can trade d if anyone will take d lo has been playing really well lately but with all that said uh the warriors same kind of thing where it's like are you really going to like trade clay are you guys ready um they didn't do that there was a nets raptors trade where it was dinwiddie for Schroeder and young that was kind of weird the raptors were like really active today and it's like, like yeah i don't know what they're doing but not in like a selling way where like utah of course danny Ainge just traded for another first round pick like that kind of thing but pistons and raptors did add some like players that are like okay they're they're good i guess dinwiddie's being re- released Wait, celtics were the team to get xavier tillman there was like a 36 hour simone fontecchio <laughs> news cycle that i wasn't prepared for at all um you unfortunately he was someone gamble reported the suns were interested in no pizza pasta line for you on this podcast sorry i literally put him as our featured photo and let's name a bunch of guys who are going to be my 
Suns trade targets, and then literally I push publish, and then that broke that he got traded. So had to change it to Royce O'Neal, so at least I got a better little luck there. Someone has now taken the screenshot of all of the Hooters tweets on the team right now, so it's like book in 2012 tweeting. Someone check Roddy for that one. We'll see if we can crystal ball whether this will pan out or not. I think like Hooters is like passed in the generation since. Does that make sense? Do they do like people not know what it is? No, people know what it is, but like the the acclaim of like the <laughs> mystique of a of a yeah, Hooters no, was more we, around in the mid early 2010s. The the kids these days are just getting their two for twenties of Chili's and Applebee's and calling it a day. You know what I mean? Or they're getting like Wingstop or something that tastes much better. They're getting you know DoorDash I mean? to their house now. Or Sonic. Or- that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really a wing place. Cut us some slack, Sonic. We're fine. I yeah. I love your drinks. Please send me more free ones. Thank you. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> I think so. Cherry uh, limeades, the slushies, the whole thing. I'm in. The tots. Chili dogs. I'm in, man. The ocean sprays. I've been a long time supporter. I said this at the start last time. I'm saying it again. We don't have much else to talk about, man. I mean, like Royce O'Neal is just like he's fine. He's good. Like. We're going to see how it looks on the floor. Tonight will be an interesting game. Uh, they play Utah. Devin Booker's questionable. Bradley Beal is questionable. Um, and they're not going to have four players, I guess. Oh, yeah. That'll be interesting. Oh, you love these games. You love the stories you're going to hear tonight when it's... So they'll have... Well, gonna Udoka be... and Saban will just dress. Yeah. So they'll make up two spots where that maybe Teo dresses. I don't know if he's around. I'm guessing they brought him back because I think he was away for a bit. Um, doing G League stuff, I, I presume. I didn't check on that, but I just didn't see him around when we went to the practice facility. Maybe he's been there the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> These are the things that I shouldn't say out loud. I should think about them first before I say them, but whatever. You can't account for everyone. Any Hooters memories before we go? Nothing? No. All right, man. Didn't attend. Uh, keep an eye on ArizonaSports.com. Start of next week, I should have a really fun, exciting story. And if you don't see the really fun, exciting story, that means it's probably coming the week after that. But yeah, keep an eye out. That's all I can say Ooh. about it. Ooh, what a tease. All right. No hints. Y'all don't get any Easter eggs listening this late, but you do get a thank you for doing so. Bye.